You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in or participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. I don't believe we have any new callers. And so we'll take it from the top. Hey, Ryan. Hey. It's Joe, the janitor. What's up? From Connecticut. Joe. How's it going, buddy? Oh, I'm good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so I believe that um, with uh, Kyle from Madison calling in and, and changing his denier status mm-hmm. to that of a truther, that makes uh, nine to one. One being yourself, Ryan. Uh, no. But, yeah, we can That's close false. that one off. Um, thanks again, Dakota, also for being a truther. Um, you know, the truth will come to light, sir. The truth will come to light. Anyways, um, so pictures came out with um, Aaron Rodgers in his new uniform. Mm-hmm. And I just got to say, what the hell, man? Like, um, he just looks so good. He's all cut up. He's uh, healthy, thin. New pictures, though. He looks sickly. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. You know, I just didn't see that last year. I definitely didn't see it the year before when he had that long hippie hair, whatever yeah. the heck that was. Anywho... So, got the day off today. Actually, nice. had the whole week off. Nice. Um, yeah, after orientation at my new janitorial job last week, um, on Friday morning, they told me something happened with my background check. They need to review it. Mm. So, I wait. Um, they haven't called me back yet, but I'm pretty sure they're going to, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, it is a pretty cool gig, a little sports complex at a local community college. I think they're probably like Division 5 or Division 6. Little baseball fields, softball fields, soccer fields, and tennis courts. Um, And she's doing uh, janitorial work around there. Hopefully um, my background check is cleared um, or at least acceptable. I know it's not clear by any means. Acceptable. But um, for now, sit back, drink some Paps Blues, Team fingers crossed. Um, anywho, shalom. Well, best of luck to you, Joe. Thanks for the update. 
What's going on, Kyle? Hey, Ryan. Yeah, screw fantasy football. That, that stuff is for teenagers that okay. don't actually want to give any effort into things. And like you were saying, result. try hard, get no results. If we try a confidence pool, we're probably one of those, one of those together. So pick them pretty much, and then you yeah, rank them one through oh, how yeah, many yeah, ever yeah. teams I there are, that. and how confident you are. Yep. That's where the fun is. Yeah. Hi, Kyle from Shippeo. I actually have done that. I think pretty much every year with like Packernet listeners, except that's another one that I just forget to do partially because of fantasy football and just everything else that's going on. Um, but no, that's, that's actually a lot of fun. I, I started doing that with my family. We would do pools and it was for money. And, um, that was a lot. I, I loved that, man. And, um, I think we should do that again this year is what I think I'm going to forget, but you guys should remind me. That we need to get one of those. Uh, I usually do CBS, but I'm sure there's other ones. The the confidence. I don't. I never know the name of it. That's why I always have a hard time finding it. Like, I want to find the pool where you like rank the things, but then you assign points one to sixteen. If there's sixteen games, pool thing, game CBS.com, NFL slash football pool. Creed thoughts backslash. But yeah, it is fun. It's a lot of fun. What's going on, Ryan? It's Chris from Alabama. What's going on, man? Uh, calling back with another uh, over and under for you. All right. Uh, Christian Watson, over or under a thousand receiving yards this season? I'm going to go out and say, I'm going to say over. All right. And my reason is, uh, just like with Jordan Love, and I said, I, I believe he'll throw for at least 4,000 yards. It's going to be big chunk plays that Christian Watson would get. Yeah. And the amount of yardage that he'll probably be getting per reception should be high because of the speed threat. And I'm really thinking that Matt LaFleur won't keep the training wheels on Jordan Love, yeah. being that he's been in the system all these years. It's, I know it's his first year starting, but he's not a rookie quarterback. He's been in the same system. This is going on his, what, fourth season in the same system, basically. So, I mean, no reason to keep the training wheels on with him. So, should let him let Jordan Love uh, air it out and main target, the main deep threat will be Christian Watson, and I think most of the opportunities that Watson gets with deep balls, he's going to capitalize on So, I think he gets over a thousand yards. So, let me know what you think. Go back, go. It's definitely doable, and um, it's weird being uh, a major Christian Watson supporter and then quickly shooting down a thousand yards, but... Um, I know I looked at it last year and I extrapolated out. If you just take his best period of time and extrapolate it out over the season, it was only like 850 yards, which kind of surprised me because I knew it was 60 billion touchdowns and that wasn't sustainable, but I kind of thought it would be relatively high yardage, but it wasn't. It wasn't uh, that many yards, I guess. Um, And then just factor in, you know, that's assuming he's at his best for 17 seasons. It's assuming he's healthy, which you probably are assuming uh, in the question. It's uh but but then you gotta factor in Jordan Love, you know. I mean, is he if if he's not super up to snuff, uh if we're focusing more on the short game as opposed to him taking deep shots to Watson, is he even gonna be good with that? Because again, as much as 
Rodgers struggled last year, I feel like the one thing that really was working was his connection with Watson. Like his his passes to Watson, maybe maybe a couple weren't, but those were on the money. I mean, it was it was the anti MVS. He couldn't hit MVS to save his life, but um, for some reason, Watson, man, he was in sync with him. And so there's just a lot of variables that I'm assuming positive and still can't quite get to a thousand, as opposed to a lot of the other things, including all the other targets that are going to be there. You know, are we going to run the ball more, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and so I, I think, you know, if he gets to like 850, I genuinely think that's a solid year, and 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 he probably won't be hailed as one of the top receiving options uh, because you got to crack a thousand, fifteen hundred, however many billion yards to be seen as one of the top receivers. But I think that's going to be a really good year for him um, if he can do that and five touchdowns or something. On top of everybody else, I think that's going to be a pretty good year for him. But yeah, it's it's absolutely doable. And if somebody on the team was going to crack a thousand, it would be him. I just think it'll be a little bit more distributed. You know, it's it's you're saying four thousand yards, which I don't know if that's going to happen. I think my guess would be under on that too. I don't remember if I answered that already and said something different, but just off the top of my head right now, I would say probably less. But I think the the numbers actually are are more positive in that direction there's just a, such a small sample size with him because i think his yards per attempt were ridiculous like nine point something but obviously some of that is christian watson taking short passes to the house i think his average depth of target was actually relatively low anyways even if you take that four thousand yard mark and you divide it by you know, watson and dobbs and Jaden reed and wicks and Ture and whoever else is at wide receiver and musgrave and Kraft and Aguara and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, you know, a thousand yards is a massive chunk. And it, it kind of just comes out of what percentage of the offense is he going to be. And he'd have to be 25% of your passing offense in that case, which, you know, is, is, is pretty big. So my guess is under, but I could see him getting there. Hey, guys, this is Kyle from the chip again. Hey, hey. we're living in the dead zone here. I don't know, make something, make something with this or whatnot. Um, if you were to have like your dream scenario as far as like coaches and we'll say front office like president or GM, what would you have? Like for instance, and you some of your assistants could be former head coaches, we'll say. For instance, for me, coach would be Vince Lombardi, offense coordinator, oh Mike Holmgren. How would that work? <laughs> and then Fritz Shermer would be my defensive coordinator. And I'm thinking I probably would have Ron Wolf as my GM and Bob Harlan as the team president. Curious if anyone else has got any sort of opinions since we got a little bit of time in the dead zone. Yeah, get some extra calls and kill some time. What do you say, Ryan? Like, yeah, I'm I'm so bad with this kind of stuff. You know, like historical comparisons. You know, I you you know the the names of the greats, um, but I like I couldn't tell you how these things would stack up and you know you'd have to say obviously modern day would make the most sense because we know how to beat the stuff from 1992 which takes away some of the fun of it you know but that's where my mind goes but even then it's like with gm like i don't know i mean i i i, I almost don't want to say gutekunst because because it seems like a homer thing to do but i'm like oh who who would it who would it be I know like Brandon Bean is seen as like a really good gm but i don't buy it i don't see the the greatness of it all I'm sure there have been some really, like Baltimore historically, but I don't know about recently. Patriots, not anymore at all. Kansas City, I don't think has been very good recently. The Bengals, I mean, they got Burrow and 
Jamar, but I mean, but yeah, you got teams who have been drafting well who have top five picks and they've been hitting on them. But and then as far as an owner, I mean, I, I just just give me Mark Murphy. I, I I don't have any issue with that. I mean, you you could say you know uh, Harlan or whatever. I, I I really don't know. I I couldn't compare. I wasn't paying attention to anything about old Packers owners or any other owners across the NFL well enough to be able to compare. But I I don't have any issue with Murphy at all. Um, I I would say if I had to pick a coach i you know i like matt lafleur i think i would pick andy reed i mean shanahan is is certainly a wizard as a play caller but i think i like andy reed more and i know a lot of people maybe don't want to give him as much credit because he has pat mahomes but i kind of think that's nonsense um the guy has unbelievable amounts of um experience i think he's done a great job with culture there and the offense is always just humming i mean even when pat mahomes goes out it was a couple years ago they were in the playoffs and pat mahomes went out and i'm like well they're done and then the the guy comes in to replace him and they just keep going like what the heck is going on same with tyreek hill like well it looks like you guys are screwed and they didn't skip a beat just kept on going so i think if i had to pick a top head coach it might be andy reed shanahan though i would certainly feel great about as an option maybe andy reed as the head coach and Kyle Shanahan is the offensive coordinator, um, defensive coordinator. I, I don't even know what what that would be right now. I mean, I know there's a lot of buzz about the Fangio scheme, but it almost seems like Fangio is not the guy that you want anymore. It's like the young guys who employ the modern versions of the Fangio scheme. I don't even know who that is. I know it's not Joe Barry. Um, Evero is popular. Could go with somebody like Robert Sala. Flores is a popular name, but I, I don't know that I super buy it. What about a guy like Mike Tomlin or something, you know? I don't know. I don't know. That one's a little tough. I mean, 49ers are number one last year with D'Amico Ryans, but again, they were pretty dominant prior to that with Robert Sala. So, you know, Sala would probably be my pick if I had to go that route. And honestly, I don't know if the Reed Shanahan thing would work because you're doing different things, but it's just, it's it seems scary. They'd probably hate each other because Shanahan would want to run the offense and reed would not let him so i don't know i don't know man but if anybody wants to call in get your opinions on that i suppose ryan hey how are you good how are you calling in from minneapolis what's up uh thanks again for all your work really appreciate you yeah uh it's been great it's been great to listen to some of the stuff clayton's been doing too so please send a shout out his way um i just watched actually clayton shout out my brother (laughs) yeah he's He's doubling and tripling down over there. Every time I look, it's it's like, oh, I got a guest. Like, oh, nice, dude, you got a guest. And I was like, oh, dude, you've got seven guests in seven days. Okie dokie. His, his total access with Coach Chris added, talking about the uh, basically the cover four with the two-shell look. It was great information. It was great to, to hear Chris share. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciated that, too. I mean, it's hard in podcast form because some of it you got to see it, so I would encourage you to check out the YouTube video as well. Um, but I really like that one because the coach did a good job of making it relatable and understandable. I'm trying to remember what that quote was that he said. Oh, it was um, something like the the 20 yard line never caught a pass. You know, I mean, just just simple stuff like that in in terms of like you know covering space as opposed to covering a person. It's just it's just relatable things like that that actually make me want to dive in because a lot of time, especially again, I'm I'm this is why I need to be on YouTube learning this stuff because I'm very visual when I try to get it in books and just hearing people explain it. I can't visualize it well enough to understand. 
But also, it, it, it sometimes can get super complex super fast. So if you just keep it basic to start and make it sound understandable, it's like, oh, I get that. I mean, it's ba- that makes total sense. That's when it, that's when it kind of drives that hunger to be like, all right, let me see if I can figure this thing out here. So yeah, I agree. That was a that was a very good guess. And, and the only thing that sucked is just like, that's it? Like, <laughs> I feel like we just started like 10 minutes ago. Obviously, so much more to cover. Um, hey, a couple things I wanted to run by you. One is... Uh... Well, I, I guess with the Packers, I have two areas of concern. I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. One would be if we suffer an injury to either uh, Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs, yeah. then what? Uh, they both missed, I think, five games each last year. And Looking at the depth of wide receiver, the lack of veteran uh, experience there. That's why I was kind of hoping they might grab a vet. I do get the whole concept of letting these young guys grow with Jordan. I, I like that idea. But I also worry that if these guys miss any games, um, are we going to rely on Jaden Reed or Wicks or, you know, who's going to be able to step up? Um, and at that position, it does take a little time for rookies to, to kind of learn their way and learn the playbook. A lot of times we see them just fishing in their head and they don't even know what route to run. So I, I hope we have some guys that are going to be ready to go in case we need them. Yeah, I. so one of the things, and again, I'm, I'm a little bit ahead, so I don't know when the the podcast will drop in relation to when you're listening right now, but um, at some point in time I will discuss free agency. Maybe you've heard it. Um, so I looked at wide receiver. The, the biggest issue that I have, part of, part of it, yes, is taking away snaps. The other part is they're just bad football players, man. I mean, th- there's no good football players available in free agency. Um, I think my favorite option was uh, Jarvis Landry, which I think I talked about last year as an option as well when we uh, went a different direction. But um, he's just not good, and he's not healthy. None, none of these guys are healthy. They're all broke down. They haven't been good in f- at football in four years. You know, so the, the question still remains. You know, you go out and get Jarvis Landry or Julio Jones or whoever you want, um, and Christian Watson goes down. Now, what are you going to do? Who's your speed threat? It ain't Jarvis Landry. It's not Julio Jones. Who's the guy that's going to sail down the field? It's it's probably Jaden Reed would be your best option. But the bottom line is, you just lost it, and you're not going to replace it because those guys aren't just sitting in free agency. You've got the situation we have now, which is inexperience. And, um, yeah, certainly a risk of, of injury could be devastating because, you know, as much as I don't mind the group as it is being whole, especially considering the upside, yeah, I mean, a loss, I mean, obviously I haven't been as big of a, a Dobbs supporter as a lot of people. I like him and I hope he's great, but I feel like if Dobbs goes out, I would feel relatively comfortable that Jaden Reed can be the Romeo Dobbs. Um, we'll see. I mean, you know, there's still the inexperience, but as far as the route running and, and all the everything that Dobbs brings, I feel like Jaden Reed at least has that ability. But if Watson goes down, we're we're big time screwed because we don't have a number. That's our number one receiver in terms of being the most talented. We don't have that speed threat to to stretch the field. We kind of do with Jaden Reed, you know, um, but not to the extent that Christian Watson is. I mean, you lose a lot if you lose Christian Watson. So um, that would be a big issue but you know at the same time that's a big issue no matter you know if we lose jordan love we're screwed if we lose aaron jones we're probably in a in a bit of trouble if we lose david bakhtiari we're in a lot of trouble if we lose kenny clark as much as you know he hasn't played very well if you're talking about tj slayton Devontae wyatt and colby wooden that's scary 
You know, I mean, if we lose Preston Smith with Rashawn already out, we're looking at what? Lucas Van Ness and Justin Hollins? You lose Devondre, we got Quay and McDuffie. You know, you lose Jair and it's going to be Keyshawn, Razul, and what? Keandre Thomas? Uh, is it, is it, do we put Shamar Jean Charles out there? I mean, assuming Stokes isn't back, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a, it's a real concern, but I, I don't want to seem as though it's, it's just a concern at wide receiver because of the inexperience. I mean, it, it, the Packers, like most teams are, are pretty shallow, especially when you look at a strength. The strength is, is a very paper thin strength. And then along that defensive line, I also think to myself, what if what if Wyatt went down yeah, or Kenny exactly. Clark went down? And, exactly. I mean, it's a pretty thin group and not a very talented group, in my opinion. So I, I don't agree. know if we'll get a a casualty cut here in camp, or you know, someone will will become available and the Packers can pick that person up. I hope we can find a vet somewhere though yeah. who's at least average. Um, obviously, we're not going to find uh, you know a great player at this point, but. Yeah. Um, unless we make a trade of some sort. True. Uh, but I, I'm just curious to hear what you have to say about that. Um, I also uh, wanted to talk about the brisket. I had a chance to mm. – uh, I did the apple cider vinegar. I just let it soak in that for about 24 hours. I did the okay. salt, pepper, a little graduated, graduated garlic. I just did that basic thing, too. It turned out well. However, I got anxious at the end. I For some reason, I wanted that thing done by 6 p.m., <laughs> so I decided I was going to turn the heat up a little bit. I was smoking it. Oh, yeah. I think it started off right around 225, and it, it really goes to about 215, 220. And that was just for two hours, and I, I dialed it all the way back to about 170 and let it sit for several hours at that. But then at the end, I got a lance and jacked it back up to that 220 range, and uh, it did turn out probably about a half hour too long. So it was a little dry in spots. Sure. But the flavor was amazing. It was, it was absolutely fabulous. So I do recommend that apple cider vinegar. Want to hear from other callers and from you. Uh, do you trim the fat before? Or do you leave the fat on? My oldest son is uh, home from college and he actually works. Um, oh, he got cut off. Let, let me just answer the uh, free agency thing or, or give my final thoughts. So in that episode, assuming it hasn't come out yet, um, I did discuss two players that I, I would be okay with in free agency. Out of every single position, there's only two that I felt would make sense. And my favorite is a defensive tackle. Um, I, I will leave that suspense out there, but uh, the other is a safety. Not the best option in the world, but at least can set a, a decent floor for us, I think. But let's see what uh, Jeff had to say. Brian Jeff again. I am hey. back. Uh, my son works at that uh, company that's owns me. He was saying that the owner leaves the fat on the brisket. I did pre-trim it, and so I'm just curious. I think that would probably give more flavor to leave it on, let the meat rest, and then take that fat off. It would be easier to take that fat off, too, at, at the end. So I'm just curious what people do, how they do that with their meat. Thanks. Look forward to hearing from you. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am a novice at all this stuff. Uh, I've cooked technically two briskets. One was just a flat and then one actual brisket. Um but as far as like with pork butts and things that, that do tend to have more fat, I used to basically not trim anything. And it wasn't really even for flavor. It was just I don't mind the fat. But you kind of realize that there is such a thing as excess, right, where you get to the point where it's like, okay, this is just garbage that you're pulling off. And I think with brisket in particular, I mean, fat is is delicious, even on the, on the brisket a little bit. But um, you also understand that you don't want to, because you're putting seasoning on it. So whatever you're seasoning, you you want um, you want to be able to eat that. It doesn't make any sense to season something and then scrape it off or cut it off at the end, throw it in the garbage. You're throwing out 
fat and seasoning that could have been done in the begin in the beginning of the thing and then just season it whether it's you know fat or or meat and i've seen some people just completely trim those things down because they want the 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 meat to get all the the seasoning and all the smoke and and all the you know if if it, there's any higher heat or whatever uh, i like as as much fat as is humanly possible without it being just kind of like too much and not really edible um it's kind of my standard on it as far as giving it more flavor i i don't know i don't know if that's super you know a thing i think a lot of the juiciness and the fattiness is inside of the meat anyways um so i don't know that you need a ton on the outside that ends up getting pulled off because it insulates it with grease and everything else i I don't know maybe i i'm not sure how that all works but i don't i think most people trim it and it's for that reason you trim it down to to an edible amount of everything that you want um would be my thought so anyways i appreciate the call in i'm I, I definitely need to get back to uh i'm actually smoking right now what the heck is this thing called it's a it's a picnic roast i wanted a just another um pork butt just to make and apparently they didn't have it and yes we have people shop for us because that's a thing now just go to walmart pick up your stuff they did all the shopping for you um but they they did substitutions and my wife didn't tell me that she's like yeah it's fine so i i got i didn't get the pork loin that i wanted they gave me the uh pork tenderloin which is this tiny little thing instead of the massive cheap thing that's delicious and then i got these instead of one pork butt i got two picnic roasts i'm like what the heck is a picnic roast and it looked gross it was like it's like a leg of a pig right and it's got like the skin on it and i'm like what am i gonna do with this but then i watched some people make it and it's like oh no it's dope dude it's like pulled pork but it's got skin on it and you crisp up the skin then you got like crispy skin chucharones or whatever it's called and pulled pork mixed in if you do it right so i'm excited but i'm probably gonna mess it up because i've never made pork skin in my life so i don't know what i'm doing which is why pork belly's on the list because i really want to do that and it sounds amazing but I got to get brisket back up to the top of the list. I got to get another brisket going because the brisket was delicious the last time I made it. I freaking loved it. And like I said, the brisket tacos for, you know, a week after or more was just phenomenal. 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 Anyways, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, see what Omar the Firefighter's got going on. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. 
So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. What's going on? This Omar Firefighter, how y'all doing? What's up? Uh, at the station right now. Uh, but I saw we had signed uh, Alex Magoo, <laughs> um, the USL MVP, which yep. is good. You know, um, I'll give you positives and negatives about this signing. Positive is, you know, he played good. He the MVP of that lower level competition. So that's, that's good. Um, I enjoyed the play. Um, where he was like behind the line for like 11 seconds and threw a touchdown. That was pretty good. And I even counted it. I was like, that was a long time. And it was 11 Mississippis before he threw that ball. He was just running around, almost getting sacked, jumping over people, everything else. That was pretty good highlight. Um, but watching through this highlight video, I'm looking at this. The longest one I think I've seen was a full season. It's 11 minutes. Um, and 30, 37 seconds um, from Pylon Productions, whatever it is. Anyway, this is uh, Alex McGee, U.S. FL MVP 2023 highlights. Looking at these highlights, man, a lot of his spirals, they, they're not really spirals. Like, it's kind of like some, some of them, like some ducks out there. Mm-hmm. But I get it, you know. But I, I still think it's a good sign because maybe you can build that into something else. That's That's cool. Um, negative is that I already see people on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter talking about he already better than Jordan Love. And I'm just like, come on, people. Why are y'all so stupid? It's crazy. Like, literally, if you think if Jordan Love was playing at that level, he wouldn't be killing it. Like, this is crazy. Like, some of these people are like Walmart baggers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, it's not the same. But I know, you know, like you always said, the Packers, they always love the Thurston QB. Like, he's the savior of the franchise well it's that mixed with the just jordan love hate that's that's what it is it's any opportunity to look and say oh yeah anything but love it's 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 just freaking exhausting and it's just it's like why are people so stupid like it's just dumb you know he could win us a few more games if he got to play but he's not on that level as far as talent level um, it, you know, is it impossible? No, it's not impossible, but just the likelihood of it. But, you know, he's never played an NFL snap, really. And you're already saying he's better than Jordan Love. Like, come on. Like, just get over the hate that you have for him. Like, it's ridiculous. But anyway, I'm happy about that. And that's that's pretty good. At least we have uh, an extra good QB that I, I like. Um, we probably can get rid of, uh, I forgot the dag on Thursday now. We don't keep the rookie because we drafted him. We're probably getting rid of the other guy, so I forgot his name. But anyway, go back, go y'all, and hope you're enjoying yourself. All right, go. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so dumb because, I mean, the, the guy's not going to be a starting quarterback. I mean, there, there really are just a mix of anti-love people who are saying just anybody but love like oh good somebody that's actually accomplished something which is which is part of what's so stupid about this like oh he he, yeah but he was a champ he was an mvp over there so that's how you know that he can actually get it done same thing with with the college stuff oh he he was a he was an incredible college it ain't college bro this is the pros 
This is the freaking NFL. Jordan Love is the only person on our team that has the potential of being a starting caliber quarterback. There is nobody else, and there's no debate. There's no question. Brian Gutekunst nor anybody else on this staff has any illusions about that, right? Maybe that fifth-round guy, Gutekunst, gets a couple tingles in his belly about it because he watched it and he got excited, like, well, maybe, you never know. You never know. He looked pretty good, man. You know, but it's, it's, it's just stupid. It's Jordan Love or bust. That's what it is. That, and what is the desire for this plan B of can we please find any garbage quarterback except Love, who I assume is a garbage quarterback, but I don't want him. I want a different garbage quarterback. Like, give me Matt Ryan. We need Matt Ryan. Why? Well, because Jordan Love's terrible and we need Matt Matt Ryan is awful. Why do you want him? Well, it's better than Jordan Love. First of all, no. Second of all, why do you want that? I thought you wanted a good football team. It's Jordan Love or bust. Everybody should be on board with that, whether you like Jordan Love or not. You know, if, you, if you're 100% positive he's not going to be good, then fine. It's just bust then. It's just bust. But we're going to bust with Jordan Love. That's it. It's Jordan Love or bust. Knock it off. I mean, if you want to look in other directions, fine. Look to the 2024 and 2025 draft class. Those are the guys, probably 2025, to be honest, those are the guys that you need to be looking at. Right? Cade Klubnik. Those, that, that's who you got to be looking at, man. All right? Drew Alar out of Penn State. Whoever that is. <laughs> I don't know. If, 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 if you're all the way out on Jordan Love, start doing mock drafts. Start, start posting some Caleb Williams highlights and be like, you never know. Never know, man. Maybe. Maybe Quinn Ewers will go back to school after next year. He'll be available in 2025. Draft is in Green Bay. We're drafting a quarterback. It's going to be the greatest thing in the world, man. You can do that if you want. It's going to be a little bit obnoxious because I know why you're doing it. You're doing it just to be a douche because you don't like Jordan Love. But fine. But but what is the obsession with Magoo and Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz, or we need a backup, or we need... Why do you want that? Why would you possibly want that? Even if you can't stand Jordan Love and you think he's going to be the biggest piece of crap in the world, that has nothing to do with why you would want Matt Ryan or Magoo or whoever else. Kurt Bankert, right? Or, you know, Sean Clifford, Danny Etling. It's just stupid. But everybody's obsessed. Oh, boy. Maybe he won MVP of some useless league where only people who suck go and play. And if you watch him, he actually doesn't look that good. And I've, I watched, you know, people post the highlights on Twitter. I'm watching it going, I mean, even against bad competition, it still doesn't look very good. Anyways, I, I, I just don't really understand the rationale aside from just being ridiculous. Which, one of these days, I'm going to learn... That social media is just ridiculous and I shouldn't pay any attention to it, but that day is not today. Anyways, I just posted the number here on Twitter under Devondre Campbell saying, um, hey man, if you need to vent, call in. And we got two unknown numbers, so fingers crossed one of them's Devondre. <laughs> no, it's probably somebody else that was in the comments that has something horrible and stupid to say. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Hey, new caller, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Brian? My name's Jason, first-time caller. 
No, uh, okay. Thanks for what you do, man. The show's great. Uh, Thank you. I really love it. I've been listening to it every day for like, I don't know, a year or two now. Awesome. Uh, anyway, you're talking about... Uh, what were you talking about? <sighs> I don't know anymore. You're talking about uh, running backs. Yes, and a lot about their that. their value in the league. And, you know, I think I got to agree that I don't understand why they don't see... Why they blame? Why they're saying to blame the analytics community for them not getting paid? Right. That's basically like saying blame the facts and blame the numbers. And the the fact of the matter is, numbers don't lie. Yeah. The numbers and the facts are what they are. Right. And the numbers and the facts are that the running back position is worth what it's worth. It's 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 not worthwhile to pay a running back twenty million dollars. It's just bad utilization of the cap. And if you're a running back, yeah, that sucks, but it is what it is. Um, the only thing I slightly disagree with was, I think you said something about Mina Kimes saying, well, they don't get the opportunity to negotiate when they're in their prime. I kind of can see the point there, like maybe if they were able to do two-year contracts and then get themselves paid again. I, I don't think it's a viable solution. I, I don't understand. I, I don't think... That, that'll never happen. But. Well, and here here was sort of my thought on that. It, first of all, it's silly, right? We're, how big of a contract are you going to get because of those extra two years? First of all, we know the value is low because the, the, the value of the player in the draft is low. They're not even willing to give you those big contracts in the draft when you're a rookie, right? So the whole theory is you get drafted, and then you prove yourself in like year one and year two, and then you immediately get to renegotiate, and then you're going to get this monster contract. How monster do you think it's going to be? You think you're going to get an $18 million contract? There's no way in the world. Again, this I, I really genuinely believe this is people like Mina Kimes <clears throat> in this instance. Again, I think Mina is, is awesome. She's one of the few people that when you watch on YouTube, she clearly knows what she's talking about like when she covers the Packers unlike anybody else. So I don't want this to come off as anti-Mina, but in this instance, I genuinely think her perception is running back's value is deflated only because of these other variables, and that's not true. The position is devalued because the position is not valuable, period. But, you know, could they potentially get a bigger contract? Maybe, but even that, and I'm sorry I'm not letting you get through your point. I'll get to you back to you in a second, but... Um, you know, again, the number one running back in the NFL right now, arguably, is Josh Jacobs. He's 25. He's 25. You're telling me if he was 24 or 23 that this would be a completely different situation? That right now he can't get a contract that, that you know, they, they can't hammer out a deal, but two years ago they'd be like, oh, dude, I'll give you everything. He doesn't have, as far as I know, he doesn't have any injury issues. He's got plenty of tread left on. If he was the dude, right, and this is the point I made to somebody, maybe it was on here, I think it was on Twitter, if he was Justin Jefferson and he only had three years left, you're telling me he wouldn't get a 25, 26, 27, 30 million dollar per year contract? It might only be for three years, which, I mean, his wide receiver contract might be five. I don't know. And the, the last two are going to be fake, anyways. He would get a 30 million dollar contract. And it might be three years long with like a dummy year on the end. And, it, you know, incentives or whatever else might be the case, but he would get that amount of money because that's the value he would provide. Josh Jacobs is going to get... I mean, he'll get a big contract, I'm assuming, for a running back, but I don't even... What is that? 15? Maybe? Something like that? That's what he's going to get because that's what he's worth, and it's not because he's old. 
It's not because he has no tread left on the tires. That's not the issue. So we're, we're, we're kind of dancing around it, saying things like, well, they'd get more money if you could renegotiate after two years. Well, yeah, maybe. But that's irrelevant to the main point. Right? We're dancing around the main issue, which is running backs should be getting bigger amounts of money because they're more valuable, and that's not true. They're not more valuable. And, and, the, and the low value is not just because of age. That's not true either. If that was true again, they'd all be getting drafted in the first round. If everybody had Justin Jefferson value as a rookie, but then that value just dropped to zero when they were 26, which obviously is fake, it would be nothing but running backs in the first round. But we don't see that. We, we see a decline in people getting drafted early. So I, I, I get your point, and you're right. They, they would be able to probably get slightly higher contracts, maybe just because they got a, an, an extra year or two on, their, on, their, on the, the tread on their tires. But we would still be back to square one because they'd be, ask, be asking or, or wanting to get the, the pay up to $20 million or whatever, and they wouldn't get it. I don't care how many years you have left on your... You, you could have 20 years left. You can guarantee I've got elite DNA that um, I decline at a rate of, of one-tenth of anybody else. I'll be here for the next 20 years. He's not getting that. He might get a long contract, but it ain't going to be a $30 million per year contract. So it's, it's an irrelevant point. Just in theory, I don't think the point was to say that they need to get paid because they're not going to be worth anything later, which, like you said, it just supports the point of not paying them because their careers don't last long enough. Right. But I do see the point of, well, if they can't negotiate a contract in their prime, whereas other players like wide receivers, quarterbacks, they get to renegotiate when they're in their prime. And running backs, you know, essentially they never get to negotiate a contract because they're going to get that rookie contract. It's unnegotiable, non-negotiable. Right. And that's just what they get, and then they're out of their prime. So, well, and, and again, that's not necessarily true. I think running backs peak at like 26 years old. Again, Josh Jacobs is 25. So he's not, I mean, if, if we're not talking 27. And even if you are, I mean, what is Aaron Jones, 28, 29? He's going strong. So it's, it's you, you see generally running backs maybe start to decline around 26 on average, right? Maybe. Just like you have some wide receivers. Like Randall Cobb, he peaked at like 26. I mean, <laughs> Randall, I don't understand why, but he started to fall off a long time ago. Um, you know, some guys, you know, you got, what? what is the tackle in San Francisco? He's like 35, 36 years old. He's, he's playing the best football of his life. He peaked at probably 32 years old. So, yeah, generally speaking, this, that, or the other. But Aaron Jones, the, here, here's the bottom line. Aaron Jones got paid. He got paid at the top of the running back market. At his age. And I think the issue at large isn't that they're not allowed to get the top of their market. The issue is we think their market should be higher, right? So I, I get it, right? Well, you know, you, everybody else can, can negotiate before they're even in their prime and running backs can't, right? But it's not going to be a satisfactory solution, which you already said. It's not going to be a satisfactory solution because even if you do that, the number doesn't really, the dial doesn't move all that much. And in some cases, it could even hurt people. Look at Saquon. Didn't he spend the first two years injured? <laughs> How much would it have sucked if he had to renegotiate? I mean, I, it, to his credit, and, and honestly, this is going to hurt a lot of running backs, because some of these guys, now, now what you're talking about, let, let's say the, the NFL does agree to that. You know what the negative of that is going to be? You don't get a four-year guaranteed contract. You get a two-year guaranteed contract. 
If you think for one second, oh yeah, it's four years guaranteed unless you decide you want to renegotiate. That's never going to happen. You want to negotiate that you can have two years, every team in the NFL is going to say, heck yeah, we'll renegotiate that because you're not going to get the money you think you are anyways. And a lot of these guys, if you bust out and I can opt out of your contract early and go get somebody else, heck yeah. Saquon had a bit on the street. I might be getting that wrong as far as his, I know, he, I think his first year he was, he, I mean, he's never really maximized his, but, but a lot of these guys, how many first round picks have just been a complete waste of a first round pick that these guys would love to be able to get out of those first round contracts? Melvin Gordon, and maybe his first couple years were fine, but uh, who's uh, Travis Etienne? No, that's not who I'm thinking of. Pretty much any of any any of the first round picks, they, they just generally are not as good as the hype. So I don't know if that even works to your benefit. I mean, take the fully guaranteed contract while you can get it. Don't don't try to talk yourself out of a four-year fully guaranteed contract because the vast majority... And by the way, the only ones that are going to want that are the running backs at the top of the market. Everybody else is like, bro, you're not taking away my guaranteed money. I got drafted. I get four years of pay. That's seventh round pay. Lou Nichols has got a contract. He's getting paid, man. I mean, think about, just think about it in Lou Nichols' case. Right. By the way, this is why when renegotiations happen and there's this big hubbub about players versus owners and, and, and the players, they never win. You know why? Because it's not players versus the big owners. It's the big superstars who want to re- renegotiate in a way that's going to help them and hurt the guys lower on the totem pole. And there's more guys lower on the totem pole than higher on the totem pole. Guys like Lou Nichols would never agree to a deal like that. Lou Nichols might be basically out of the league after next year. He's getting $750,000 this year, which, you know, in, in, in NFL terms, that's nothing. But in real life terms, that dude is loaded. 2024, he's getting $915,000. Almost a million freaking dollars. I mean, think about that in real life terms. Forget the NFL, like, oh, that's peanuts. Bull crap. That's life-changing money. Now, let's pretend in one scenario, Lou Nichols has no guarantees. But if he's this elite player, he, he can renegotiate and maybe he gets some $15 million contract. But if he's not, he could just be out of the league and really not making any more money. Or he gets the rest of his guarantees, in which case in 2025, he gets $1.03 million and then gets $1.14 million in 2026. We're talking $2.175 million. That could potentially set him up for life if he's smart and frugal with that money. Of course, he's going to keep trying to, to do all these things and you want to bet on yourself, but you're going to walk away from the majority of your contract because the, the money is slightly backloaded, right? It's 700, then 900, then uh, 1 million, then 1.15 million. You're going to risk the second half of your contract? No, you're not. And even the first round picks, it, it's even more risky because we're dealing with bigger numbers. Bijan Rob, I mean, he, granted, he got a lot of money up front. He got $13 million put in his, his bank account. So I guess I guess in his case, it wouldn't be that big because the signing bonus was so massive. Actually, it's it's identical. <laughs> it's structured uh, identical to, uh, to Lou Nichols. So yeah, in his case, it wouldn't matter. I mean, it's still $2.1475 million. But you know, again, the, the, these are what... People need to figure out, and, and nobody's going to go for the running backs. If you got every single running back in the NFL and said, we need to vote on this, should we do four guaranteed years, or should we do two guaranteed years with the option to renegotiate after two years? But the team could also cut us and void those last two years if they choose. Or if they decide to get rid of us after one year, they still can void the last two years. 
the, the, the vote will be no. We don't want to do that. So, you know, the eight superstar running backs who are pissed off can get together and try to plan whatever they want, but nothing's going to happen. In my opinion, it would be fine if they want it. I don't see why that would be. If it were up to me, I'd say, yeah, let them negotiate in their prime. Give them two-year contracts coming out of school for that position. But then you're just getting into the weeds of, oh, well, you know, now this, this position is going to get special treatment and another position will get special treatment. But either way, it's stupid. It's a stupid debate. I don't understand why it's become a thing. The, the, the numbers don't lie. It's, it's right. a saying as old as time. Numbers don't lie. The facts are the facts, and it's just not worth it. Spam. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just something I thought about as you were as I was listening to the show today on my drive home from work. Um, again, appreciate everything you do, and um, yeah, man, looking forward to hearing more content. Take it easy. Yeah, I appreciate the call. Um, and again, I, I I think that would be the negative. Is uh, the vast majority of people would and the people that need it the most, right? Bijan Robinson might be able to capitalize and make a marginally uh, higher amount of money. Um, but guys like Lou Nichols are going to get screwed. And again, I mean, it, it's still guaranteed money for injury and everything else. But yeah, I, I, I mean, it's pretty straightforward to me in terms of what's happening here. I think there are, um, let's say, half of the world, half of the country have sort of this empathetic disposition. And when things like this happen, they have this sort of maternal instinct to defend the poor and downtrodden. And that's the picture that's being painted of running backs is, you know, somebody was able to paint a picture of the evil, rich, greedy billionaires are oppressing the running backs and withholding due wages. And of course, the empathetic dispositioned people come flocking because it's like a dog whistle where they just come flocking in. It's like a little bug zapper. I got one of those in the backyard. They just, bzz, 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 they just can't help themselves, man. They just fly right in there. And all the information and data just means nothing because it's like, oh, someone's in need. I have to come rescue. So then they flap and flail around, especially when you're talking NFL media. I would say 97% of them have this sort of empathetic disposition, which is unfortunate because you would wish that people in, in NFL media had more of a rational, logical disposition, which is data over emotions. But I don't think that's generally the case. I mean, a lot of them can be data-oriented, but when something like this happens, like a, a switch flips and they just can't see reason anymore, and they're like, oh, must save, must save, must fight oppression, poor multimillionaires. And they just go flapping around, and people like you and me look at it and go, I don't understand. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. They're just, they're getting what they are worth and data and whatnot. They're like, no, fake data, not real. It's just evil making you think that it's data. It's the greed that makes you see numbers. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I'm just pretending because I can't. Uh, I don't think that way. Anyways, uh, let's get to new caller number two. Hey, this is Bill Barnes, uh, first-time caller. Hey, Bill. Uh, down in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Long-time Packer fan. What's going on? Uh, this debate on running backs can be traced why they're not valued anymore is when the NFL started changing the rules on roughing the passer on defensive holding of the wide receivers to targeting penalties to um, illegal contact. All those rule changes have favored the passing game, which puts more value in it. So that, I think, is one of the main reasons why running backs are being devalued. Secondly, 
it's no it's no qualm that after about six years a running back starts to lose its tread. The yep. only reason why Aaron Jones is still going strong is they don't use him since the get go. He's been splitting time yeah. running the ball for us. So um, very rare that you have a running back that can go 12 years anymore, uh, like a Walter Payton or a Emmett Smith or even a Barry Sanders. So that's my input. It all came from the NFL changing the rules to favor the passing game, and that's what he valued the running game. Have a good one. Go Pack Go. Yeah, so I, I've got several more of these. Uh, I know some people are probably going to get tired of it, but you know, the more data I find, the more interesting it is. And it's not just about this debate. It's about understanding football rightly. Um, the Let me just pull up my calendar because I'm tired of saying I don't know what day. So I think it, well, it's tomorrow. So the podcast from today, I talked a little bit about it. Tomorrow, I think, is going to be some of the more staggering information. But um, it, it really goes back to the NFL never really understanding this rightly and going all the way back to, I think it was like the, the 30s or 40s or 50s, I don't know, and basically showing that there is a, a literal one-to-one correlation or inverse correlation, minus one, however that works, um, between percentage rushing attempts and yards per attempt per play, or y- yards per play. Um, and as the NFL, again, going all the way back to like the 40s or whatever, has gotten further away. It started at like 70% run. As it began passing more and more and more, the yards per attempt went up. So the, the, the general argument is the NFL's always been wrong about this. Passing has always been better. But no no question at all that as we um, start to make it more pass-friendly, it, it just exacerbates the issue. Um, I, I, and I think the way that they describe that is efficiency and you're making passing easier and more efficient which makes it harder for running to compete right um that one of the things that I, I brought up there's a chart that showed when is it better to run and the bottom line is there's basically no situation where it's better to run um and you know when you isolate not the the critical situations in a game and just look first through fourth quarter and in, in all the in, in all these different situations passing is is at this point in time and I think the article is from like 2019, or maybe it was the one from 2017. I don't know. Um, there's there's basically no time when running is statistically the better situation compared to passing. And yeah, all all of this stuff adds to that data. It's so much easier to pass um, that you know that, that, that again, it's just it's impossible to compete in the run game. If you're the run game coordinator and your job is to you know make it so that running is as good of a decision as passing, you're, you're screwed. And so, again, it's, it's some pretty staggering data. Uh, but, but again, this is stuff we've known for a long time. So the idea that this is some new, evil, greedy thing, no, this, is, this has always been the case. And the fact of the matter is running backs have been overpaid for a long time. They've been overutilized, overpaid. Um, and there's even a more staggering stat that was brought up that Mr. Numberman sent me these. And um, when he just described to me what the second article basically detailed, I don't want to give it away, but I really want to say it because it's just shocking. But how much of the run game is decided by things that aren't a running back, I'll just leave it at that, are uh, staggeringly high. We can basically predict with a high level of accuracy how successful a run game is based on a bunch of variables, none of which have to do with the running back. And all of that data just completely destroys any notion of running back value. So... Um, 
I think you're right, and I think it would be better for running backs if these things weren't the case, but I, I still think, although the value would probably go up, it's still going to be a league that that is discovering that passing is the absolute best way to win, and it's the best way to do anything. Anyways, guys, I really appreciate the calls. Thank you to everybody, especially my new callers. Hope you guys keep calling back in. Uh, we did get another submission for the, the song thing, so I will have Aaron number two, as he is known only by me, go ahead and serenade us out of here. But you guys have yourselves a great rest of your day.